If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good evening and welcome to Ghana Connect. And uh, this week, the debate about the burning of the excavators uh, dominated the headlines. Government defended its position and civil society, who is, by the way, lending support to the fight, opposed what government deemed or deems as a practical approach in this fight. So here's the point. We all agree that illegal mining must end. Um, we have seen or even experienced at first hand the devastation caused by this menace. But how to tackle it in order to achieve the results that we all desire is really the, uh, the, the bone of contention or the point where we disagree. Now, so it is good to have this conversation because we, we've been at this for a very long time. And I get the sense that all parties believe that this time round we must see results. I mean, we shouldn't end this campaign blaming ourselves or blaming somebody for having not uh, achieved the results that we set out. So it's important that we have this conversation. Now, in case you've not heard what the arguments are, I want us to start with government. Let's listen to the Lantern Natural Resources Minister, Samuel Abuchinapo. This is him speaking at the uh, Information Ministry, giving us an update on the second phase of Operation Halt. Honorable Minister, there's been a, a big debate in the country about, I don't call burning of excavators. I don't use that word. I call it decommissioning or demobilizing of equipment which are used for illegal mining. The Ghana Armed Forces are engaged in the decommissioning and demobilizing of equipment which are used for illegalities in our, in our, in our, um, in our country. And, and that is how I want to approach it. Now, well, the discourse is ongoing, but I will humbly suggest that perhaps we should also ask the question, what will an excavator be doing on River Pra? What will an excavator be doing on River Ofin or a Shamfine be doing on River Pra? Ghanaians and all of us, I will respectfully submit that we should interrogate the issue from that point before we get to the stage of what has happened to that excavator and that is it right or wrong to decommission that excavator? The issues of legal, proprietary, or otherwise about military action, those are very historic, and those are matters that I believe across the, across the world, there have been debates about it. How do you treat prisoners of war? Uh, Guantanamo Bay, do you try them before a, tri- a military tribunal, a civilian tribunal, and so on and so forth? Th- those are matters I don't want to get involved in. But the military have their own methods of enforcement. And as a country, I think it's important that we appreciate that. But in terms of the social debate, I will once again contend that we begin the debate from what will an excavator possibly be doing on a river body. And I will very strongly but respectfully 
conclude by saying that it's either we are fighting this menace or we are not. It's either we are determined to clear our water bodies and forest reserves or we are not. We cannot waver in this matter. So the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources, and for that matter, government supports the Garam forces in this patriotic work they are engaged in. So you had that the Land and Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujina, but later in the week he reinforced that position. We also heard from the Defence Minister Dominic Nitiwo, and then there was the Information Minister Kojo Ponkuma, who also argued on the law. And I'm sure many of you heard him saying that it is not necessarily illegal uh, when government gives authority to the tax force, the military tax force, to burn the excavators. But civil society has also been consistent on this. They have said we need to deal with this, but burning the excavators is definitely not the way to go. I want you to listen to Yao Graham. He's with the Third World Network. In addition to what I would describe as short-term measures to clear the water bodies, we also need long-term, medium-term measures which would have bring sustainable outcomes because sending troops to water bodies is not a sustainable way of solving the problem. Mm. The PNDC tried troops once upon a time. The Rawlings government, the Kufo government tried troops. The Mahama government tried troops. The Kufuado government is trying troops for the second time. We must learn something about the strengths and weaknesses of those methods. The fact that the small-scale miners, who are extremely important, it is important that the ways in which this fight is carried out it's within the bounds of due process. Mm. So it's all very well to try to clear the water bodies. But I ask the question, is a part of the legal mandate of the soldiers to burn equipment? Mm. Because if the complaints of the small-scale miners, the licensed-scale miners, is correct, it shows that just like capital punishment, where you can kill an innocent person, if you go and burn equipment, belonging to somebody who has a license, you've brought a suit on yourself. You destroy somebody's legal business. It undermines the legitimacy of the fight. And the soldiers on their own are not going to solve this problem. Mm. So even the methods must be of the type that builds consensus, which which deepens the consensus that we have, mm. and also gets some of the most active people in the field who can work with the government, that is the legal small-scale miners, you know, to be on site. Mm. So some of the, we are in danger of fragmentation precisely because of a kind of a, a, a one-instrument approach, you know, to, to the problem. So that, that is uh, Yao Graham with the Third World Network, giving us all the examples and backing it with history and why we must not proceed on this trajectory. But the question was asked, why are we crying more than the bereaved? Are the small-scale miners themselves complaining as much as civil society? Uh, Samson Ladia, again, in a, a private legal practitioner, responded. Let's, let's listen to him. I'm a citizen of this country, and I want to see a country that is law-abiding. I want to see a government and its officers that are acting with lawful powers. I don't want to see a state. But you see, um, let me give you this example. Recently I saw, you know, that uh, the regional minister was making people squat and making them sweep for not using a footbridge. We are all not happy that people are not using the footbridge and there must be a way to get them to use it. But you see, there's a law that says if people don't do this, this is what you must do to them. 
to put people through the indignities and to violate their dignity in the way that was being done is clearly wrong. And you see, if you continue to do things that way, begin to imagine the kind of state you will have for yourself. If you are saying there's custom and things, people will begin to march to the seat of government on the basis of custom. If you have done something against them, they will do it. And then wave custom in front of them and tell them not to do what they feel like is the best for them to do. So if you have made the law, simply use the law. Look, um, the excavators and where we are burning them, we are not even talking about the the environmental consequence of burning them. And if you are burning them on, on, on a river, what it means uh, for the remains. But ask yourself, are they not supposed to reclaim those lands? What would they use to reclaim them? Reclamation will be done with excavators. So you and I will continue to pay our tax money and they will be used to rent excavators or buy excavators to go and reclaim those lands. Okay? We burn them first and then we go and buy some to reclaim the land. So uh, it doesn't have to be crying more than they believe because you are affected. I am affected. It is our money that mm-hmm. is being used and it must be used wisely. I, I, but beside the law, I cannot begin to think of the wisdom that guides what is going on. And so that is a private legal practitioner, Samson Ladia, and the conversation has already started in the studio. I'll introduce my guest to you. This is Ghana Connect. Let me introduce my guest to you, but before then, let me tell you, you can join the show. This is your show. I want to hear from you. Why do you stand on this? Show the end, justify the means. Is this more practical uh, than just using the law? 055 That's our WhatsApp concern. If you are uh, listening to us or watching on Facebook, you can leave your comments there. And we put up a poll on Facebook and Twitter on both Joy News and the Joy FM Twitter handle. We are asking the question, do you support the burning of excavators uh, by government's tax force. We have three options there. Just go onto our Facebook page uh, for both Joy FM, Joy News. Uh, go to our Twitter page, Joy FM, Joy News, and uh, just make sure that your voice is heard on this one. Uh, joining us for co- this conversation is uh, Elvis Dacon, editor, editor of the Find That newspaper. Hello, Elvis. Hello, good evening. It's been a while. Good to yeah, see you. Quite some time now. Yes. Uh, I'll hear your view shortly because you've written about this. I saw your comment on, on Facebook. Uh, Koku Mauli Nanadbe is the Executive Director of the Social Democracy and Development Dialogue Forum Africa. Uh, Koku, thanks for connecting. Well, well, good evening. My, my I, I know you have a lot to say. <laughs> of course, yes. You have a lot okay. to say. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that shortly. Yes. We are joined by some of our friends on Zoom. Uh, Isaac, uh, Boachi is the, a social commentator, a graduate student, and a friend of the show. Isaac, thanks for connecting. Um, yeah, Anna, good evening. Thank you. Great. Uh, you're able to have a good conversation. Absolutely, we will. And uh, Jibril Hamin is connected with us all the way from the U.S. Uh, Jibril is a software engineer. Hello, Jibril. 
Hey, uh, and it's great to connect. Thanks, thanks for connecting. And um, we also have Marcel. Marcel is a man of many parts. He's a lawyer. He's a um, he's a man of many parts. A businessman. Uh, he has some biology background. He's a farmer. And he travels around a lot, and so he's going to be really, uh, uh, you know, very important for this conversation. I say I'm grateful that he could connect with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And I want to start from the studio. Uh, Elvis, you wrote on Facebook uh, this week, given some suggestions on how the excavators can be used other than burning. But really, you had the lands minister ask the question, what is an excavator doing on the river body? He says we should start from there and answer that question. And what were the institutions mandated to make sure that the excavators don't find themselves on the water? But what were they also doing? Because we have about three or four different institutions that are to make sure that our forest reserve, water bodies, and all these are protected. The question is, what were they also doing? You see, let's, let's understand something. Me, the argument is in two places. Legalities. Let's, me, I don't even want to go much into the legalities because that is for the courts to determine. But I am more concerned about the fact that, look, this is a country called Ghana. We all want illegal mining to stop. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Especially those that destroy the water bodies. Because water is life. Without water, it is difficult to live. And we are fighting Galamse. We want to make sure that we stop it. The question I ask myself is, if it is the excavators that are causing the mass damage that we are looking at, and we are fighting this and want to stop, and the state has power by law to seize all the excavators that they find involved in illegal mining, the question is it the best thing to do to bend that excavator? You see, if we are not logistically prepared to be able to move the excavators to places, we should admit it that probably we are not logistically prepared. Well, that, that has been said that, in part that it will take a lot more to bring these excavators from the deep forests in which these uh, illegal miners are operating. But and so if you do so the analysis, there, you are better off bending them. If, if we're able to take it there, we can take them back. That is the point. So government you, didn't take it there. The illegal miners found if, a way. I'm not saying government take them there. I'm saying that if Ghanaians took them there, government can take them, can take them back to wherever it wants to. You see, let me tell you, Excavators, okay. The first point I want to make is if we were really serious about fighting this Gant Galamse, after we get rid of the people from doing their work, it's just the beginning. Reclamation is the big job that you do. In the process of reclamation, the first thing you are going to be doing is to fill the pits that the Galamse has left behind. What do you need? You need an excavator to do it. Are we saying that we want to bend excavators and when it is time for reclamation, We'll spend public money to go and rent excavators or buy new ones to be able to do that. I don't think that that is the way to go. Because now you are having access to the excavator. For you, didn't buy it. Private people bought it. By law, you are confiscating it to the state. So it becomes your asset that you can use for so many things. So first of all, it's about reclamation. We still need excavators in that row. Number two, look, the first infectious disease center in Ghana was constructed by the private sector fund. But the, the people who actually did the actual construction of the 48th Engineers Regiment of the Ghana Armed Forces, they delivered the project less than six months. Mm. Mm. 100 bed facility was delivered less than six months. Yeah. Soldiers built it from the scratch. These soldiers, that unit, has built bridges across this country. There are several communities now that we are entering the rainy season will be cut off mm, from the rest of the country because rivers, 
will, 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 will flow and cut their roads because the roads are not in that good shape. All they need is for an excavator to dig so that they can put in a culvert and cover it for the excavator to cover so they can have access. Are we saying that if we give this excavator to the military, hmm, spray them in camouflage uh, colors and say, look, government has set aside this amount of money that many the rural communities have been cut off by ru, ru, by rains. Let's send Ghana forces around to do this and provide covers and make the roads more trouble for the people. Are we saying that that will not be more profitable to Ghanaians than burning the excavators? Look, we pay money, huge money, hmm, to get the Odor uh, River desilted every year, right? What they used to desilt? If you pass by, you see a lot of excavators at the play when work is being done. Are we saying that if we had taken these excavators, they become government property? And we say, look, let's just position them along the Odor River. And that, let's say, at least every man, somebody should just go and start to put fuel start and then desilt. Will Odor not be cleaner than it is today? Will we spend money to do this? We, we traveled this path, uh, and I want to bring in Koku here. Koku, we traveled this path, uh, this path. We seized the excavators. Today, we know that some of it went missing. Uh, the security agencies are supposed to be investigating. In, in order not to uh, compromise the, the fight, is that is it not a more practical approach to burn it while you found it rather than bringing it the cost of it and then having some people uh you know misappropriate it well ns i do not think it is practical but thanks for an opportunity on our show but i will want to um put this issue in a certain context maybe proper if i could put it so yeah you see this discussion that we are having you realize that Governments with officials who are lawyers are the ones who are pushing for illegality and lawful actions and all of that. They are the ones promoting it. Whereas a chunk of us who are not non-lawyers, and in fact, out of the conversation that I, I, I keep hearing, um, lawyer Samsaladi Ayenin is one, one key lawyer that I've heard so far as a lawyer who has also spoken and indicating that he's against the destruction of excavator or mining equipment in general. So so that is an irony in itself as far as we are concerned. Because if you listen to government officials, I mean, the Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Abu Jinapo, he's a lawyer. Listen to Kojo Opon Krumah, Minister for Information, he's a lawyer. And they, they are the ones who are championing the impunity. I mean, you sit back and think about it, you are at a loss. <laughs> I have just concluded on that one that David General Council has a lot. I mean, uh, I mean to do on that you, front. You but want the General Legal Council to take that one? No, 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 but it's curious because you see, I sit back and I ask myself. So, what has been what at all has been taught at law school? Because they have to be setting the example for us to follow. But they are the ones championing imp- the impunity. But I've, I'm saying that these things. I, I I've seen two things out of it. That okay, it's maybe because we have power. And so we could do anything with the power that we have. The second one is that maybe let's employ sophistry. Let's let's be the one to go out there and engineer discussions, lead discussions, and let people come along with us. And I think these are the two things that are, are, are influencing some of the conversation we have had them pushing, even though unconvincing. But I, I've asked a certain question somewhere that you see. If you are challenged with a situation like we have seen, the, the illegal mining fight is no joke. I will not sit here and, and create a picture as though it's an easy fight. It is not at all. But I am saying that government in itself is powerful. 
and and that is why we have lost because government itself wants the right things to be done and so we have laws regulating the sector if you check if you take the acts for instance that regulates mining and minerals in this country act 703 in fact amended now minerals and mining act 2015 you see the first one, there was no inclusion of Section 99 that says how to even ha- manage or if you arrest somebody who is involved in illegal mining, what to do to the person, the equipment, the products, what to do with those things. It has taken professionals to sit to devise a means as to how to go about it. And here we are, we are saying that we are challenged that um what what the question is what are those excavators doing at uh, i mean river banks what are they on the river doing uh, and uh, all, uncle, who, so let's, all these let's, laws that you cite the yes. people who are championing the burning yes. are not oblivious of it but but they have been there in the first phase of the fight under this government mm-hmm. they have seen the challenges mm-hmm. and they are saying that to be able to deal with this and you heard the lands minister say mm-hmm. it's that we are dealing with it or we are not and i'm saying that they, they may make that claim, and I am saying that the, the, the action they are taking will not give us the results. Why? We have burnt excavators, and this one, if you see the legitimate small-scale miners, they will tell you that we have burnt excavators before. We haven't gotten results. They, those group of people, they've made laudable, pragmatic suggestions. Nobody's listening to them. They said they want to be part of the fight. Just give them, include them. And they will show you what to do. And one of the suggestions they make, for instance, even though we come in, they said they know the routes, for instance, the illegal miners take there, the excavators and all of that. They know where they take fuel. So they are prepared to help so that you break the front. The excavators will not, in the first place, get to the mining site. But, but they are supposed no. to be fight of, uh, part of the fight. They are being to the dialogues. The minister uh, uh, says yes. he's met them many times. The conversation levels, they are there. Operation Halt, have you seen any of the small-scale miners being part of Operation Halt? They would have led the team elsewhere, but nobody's listening to them. That's what I have a problem with. But I'm saying that to say that it is that we are either dealing with the, the, the illegal mining mm. and burning excavators or not, I disagree. Uh, um, Marseille Ma- 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 has, has, has uh, an input here. Marseille is joining us on Zoom. Marseille, uh, w- what is the input that you have on this one? Hello, Masay, can you hear me? You you have to unmute your device. You have to unmute your device so we can hear you. All right, great. So um, there is something the last speaker said. It was actually in the form of a question. And that uh, made me want to make a little input. He asked whether, he asked what it is that we are taught at the law school. And I think... Uh, it is because prior to this discussion, we had four inserts played. And coincidentally, of all the four inserts that were played, they were all lawyers. So you have the Lands and Natural Resources Minister being a lawyer, asking what are excavators doing at uh, mining sites. Then there is also the Minister of Information, who is also a lawyer. But both of them seem to be on one side. And the other two lawyers, uh, Dr. Yao Graham, who is a senior lawyer, and Samson Ladi, who is a, a classmate and a colleague, they said that let's tackle the law 
And in response to what the, the question the, the last speaker said, that what is it that we are taught in the law school? Look, we are taught many, a lot of things. And one of the things that we are taught is in environmental law. And there's the principle of polluter pays. So in the event that, let's say, you found excavators, I understand they cost so much, on some sites, if you had an order and got a court to confiscate this, and then the court made consequential orders that the land that you have defaced go on and rectify or remedy the damage that you have you have done or caused to the environment and you fail to do that or you do not have the capacity to do that imagine the situation where we have confiscated your weapons or your equipment we auction or sell them and use the proceeds or even the machinery itself mm -hmm. to level or bring the environment back to where it ought to be in all sincerity, this uh, belligerent situation about, yes, let's bend them, let's destroy and everything. I mean, because they kept coming back, uh, really, uh, you don't accuse the well of being too deep when it is your rope that is actually too short. No matter the vehemence and abhorrence to rectifying this menace, we still have to go by the law. And so when you say when simple. you say you don't have to accuse the world of being too deep, you are in other words saying that those you responsible it's, it's, for the what 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 caused it, the initial, uh, um, you know, what caused that in the first fight for which reason we did not succeed. Those people exactly. should be held accountable. And see, yes, and you see, Ennis, the, the what I said is premise. It's a Mandarin proverb that says that. You don't accuse the well of being too deep. When it is your rope that is so short, why do I say so? Not many years ago, or probably a couple of months ago, there was this onslaught where we had Aisha one put before court. The process was going on. Mm -hmm. Everybody was excited. Who was it that issued the Nole Prosecutor? And then one fine afternoon, Aisha one's case is called. Instead of prosecution to go on with the work, Prosecution comes up and throws in the towel. And within the next couple of hours, Ashawan is on Ethiopian Airlines. First class, flew up to uh, up to Addis Ababa and out. So you think that another time you would want to go harass or pick up another Ghanaian when you caught someone who was deep, deep neck in this and then you want to rally everybody for this renewed fight uh, again? Uh, Marcel, so hold, hold on, hold on for me there. Well. Mm, hold, hold, on, hold on for me. Let me, let me pick the brain on. of Jibril on this one. Uh, Jibril, you, you, you hear Marcel lay out all this. I guess the, the legalities and you know the prosecution are a bit cumbersome. That is why the government says, look, let's burn it. After all, all we want to see uh, water bodies clean. We want to have a cleaner environment and want to mine responsibly. Yeah, uh, Ernest, uh, thank you. So so I, I think there's a different dimension that we probably may not be looking at this issue, and, and I want to raise that. Um, if you recall, two years ago, uh, there were excavator seizures. I think there were a few burning of a few, but at some point we got to know that close to 400 or so excavators were seized, but they, they went missing. I mean, and, and that led to the flying excavator, you know, kind of... Uh, 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 analogy in Ghana, uh, and and during that time, there was no complaint about the cost 
involved in seizing excavators uh, is more than the cost of seizing them. So, I, I mean, the bigger picture, that I think the angle at which I think we should look at this is that either government is grossly being incom incompetent or government is deliberately obfuscating obf 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 matters and actually seizing excavators, burning a few in order to, to steal the excavators as they did two years ago. That is the angle I think we need to pay some close attention to. It cannot be said that, I was just checking, what is the cost of an, of an excavator? It ranges between a hundred thousand dollars and above to up to like five hundred thousand dollars. Who in his right senses will tell you that if you took uh, a, lo a, a vehicle loader mm. and drive to a Galamse pit, fool that, hire a driver? We are already sending military men to these mining sites, and so you send that and then actually carry that excavator, put on the loader, and drive to a crowd wherever. The cost in doing that is more than the price of the 100000 to $500,000 excavator. How does that make sense? That is why I think we need to look at that angle. I think that uh, we may be watching a movie where a few excavators are being bent on television, and we all have this agreement, oh, they are burning excavators. But in actual fact, seizing excavators and appropriating to themselves as they have done two years ago. Um, it doesn't really make sense that Ghana, a country where, I mean, in, in, in where I come from, Ketunov, a, a, a town, Fenyi, in Ketunov, there is a road from my town to the next town, Ehi, which is a rough road, and, ha and the people have cried for this road to be tarred for several years. And let me tell you what. When you use they bring excavators occasionally to just level that road, people are so happy, even if it's not tarred. And I'm sure all of us on this call and Ghanaians can relate to so many circumstances across the country where such roads exist. All you need, actually, the people of those towns, the indigenous of those towns, will be even willing to pay for fueling and pay for drivers to drive those excavators just to clear up the roads in those towns and villages. And in this kind of country, we hear government tell us that they don't have a choice. They've thrown their hands in the air, and the only thing they can do is to burn a hundred to $500,000 face because they don't have... I don't believe... I think that this mm -hmm. uh, government uh, has, you know, in several times shown us that they are smarter than that, and I am not going to believe that burning uh, thing. Now, I want to tackle, uh, and so we know this burning thing is a non-starter. It's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense, and the, the government shouldn't be doing that at all. Uh, we know in Ghana where there is a need, government had, has been able to quickly make laws that make things that is in government interest pass within the overnight. If the laws of Ghana, you know, is so cumbersome to seize, seize excavators, so government thinks that we need to pass a law where when we see an excavator in the red zone, it's automatically seized. That law can be passed within a, a night or a day or a so, week. So you are talking of some so, legislation to back the burning, uh, which many people disagree with, by the no. way. 
No, 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 not the burning. I'm saying that I, uh, some arguments I've heard is that when you seize the excavators, the owners find a way to get it because Ghana laws may not be good enough to, to seize mm. the excavators. I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know details about that. But I'm saying is that if that is the case, Ghana can pass laws that says seizure on site. Immediately you see an excavator in a red zone, it becomes a government property. And government can, in fact, as a... a well, well, I said, think that the the laws as we have it deals with that deals with that extensively. Jabril, I'll return to you. I want to go to Isaac, who is also connecting with us on Zoom. And Isaac, you have said that the situation we are discussing is very symptomatic of how we deal with problems in this country. Explain that. Um, I think. Um, good evening once again. I think when you look at our history, we have a path to finding simple solutions to very complex problems. Because one speaker said that we all agree that Galamse is a problem that we have to deal with. But I guess if we all agreed it was a problem, there wouldn't be people involved in Galamse. And if you even held a national survey amongst the communities where Galamse is heavily carried out, I don't think you would have a popular report that says that we should stop Galamse. But when there's a problem, like Kaswa, youth and um, the two teenagers killed somebody everybody within a few hours narrowed down the solution to stopping nana agrada from having a program on tv and when kalabule was happening people felt the solution immediately was either to let the blood flow or break down makola and these things happen all the time and that's why we keep on coming back to the same problems without having any solution but especially in this case uh, I think even when you listen to the other speakers, I get the feeling that, one, if the excavator was going to be seized and put to some form of public use, then it is all right. And the second feeling I get is that, well, if we're able to put it in our laws, that it is okay to seize people's excavator on site without subjecting them to any form of a fair hearing, then it is okay. But those two thoughts in themselves are part of the problem that we have in the country. Because you have a system where we always believe the outcomes should matter. So, for example, we can solve global poverty by simply killing all poor people. But that is not the solution that we want. Because when you are talking about solutions and comparing things, you also have to look at the cost of the solution. And I think that in this instance, the cost of fighting Galamse is too high. Because, listen, there are bigger things that happen. In, like, there, there, there's a bigger fight that is more important than the fight on Galamse. That is the fight for the constitution and also the fight not to feed into the Messiah complex of the military. When the minister said that, asked what will an excavator be doing on a river body and said the military have their own methods of enforcement. One, it was coming from a place of frustration because they've tried a solution before and it didn't work. And so they simply don't have an idea of how to deal with it. But when he said the military have their own methods of enforcement, it was feeding into a military messiah complex. Because all over the world, whenever the civilian government has a problem, the first people to try to jump in to calm matters are the military. And this idea that the military is the one to come in to calm matters, it cuts across. Even citizens have become so used to it that when we have a problem, we always call on the military. What do the military keep on doing in those instances? When they take power, they never give it back. The military has a history of excesses whenever they've been given any form of authority. And so even for me, as a supporter of the New Patriotic Party, 
I would be very concerned, given our history with the military, that we would be giving them power to become judge, jury, and executioner. Because this power that you are given, you don't know how to take it back. And you don't know the kind of excesses that will come with it. So. Hello, Isaac. We seem to have lost Isaac there. Isaac, try and reconnect with us again, uh, uh, if you can work the line, so we can have Isaac back. But Isaac made a point about Galamse not being the biggest problem we should be tackling as, as a country. And, and Elvis, you disagree with him? Totally. How can you say that? We are talking about source of drinking water. Is he, is he, is he really serious about what he said? Does he understand the importance of water in our lives? Do you know you can stay without food for five days? But you cannot stay without water for three days. What are, who can survive without water on earth? What are we talking about? Where will the forest be? Where will human and animal lives be? Where will fishes be? Please, let nobody deceive anybody that the fight against Galamse is not as important. Look, if we have any fight, eh, the biggest fight is protect our water bodies. Look, life on earth, eh, life on earth primarily depends on water. Without water, huh? Life on this earth will cease. So I, I, let's go back on the line. Maybe he wants to clarify that. It's not the most important. What is he talking about? He saying, How can we survive this guy without water if, if the water body is dry out? Let's, um, Elvis, let's hear from Isaac. He, he wants to clarify the point. Isaac, we lost you there. What he's saying, what he's saying is classic reductionism. And I'm not surprised. But you see, <laughs> there's a reason if there's, uh, the, uh, the, uh, an autocratic regime from the people will still fight for a democracy when they're able to express themselves. It's because, despite water and food being very important, we understand that for the preservation of the nation-state in itself works on a framework. We have chosen that a constitutional democracy is the framework on which we should survive. And that constitutional framework protects all other parts of how the nation-state is governed. So if you believe in an act that destroys that belief in the rule of law, and the central government enforces jungle justice. You are justifying enforcement of jungle justice by citizens wherever they find themselves. Captain Mahama and others have been and faced such predicaments. So when I say that there are fights that are bigger than the fight of the Galamse, I mean the fight to preserve the framework of the nation state is more important than the fight to preserve a water body, especially at the cost. But second thing is that nobody can convince me. No, no. Listen, let me let me finish. Nobody can convince me. I guess he's speaking within the context of how we solve our problems. I'm finding it difficult to understand that there are more important things than fighting to protect water bodies. It's not right, my brother. I tell him that. Because we have a constitution nobody, that we think they are defending, we need Elvis, to correct. Elvis. Or somebody is breaching a certain part of the constitution. It's more important believes. than water. <laughs> well, it cannot be the case. Elvis, Elvis, nobody can convince me that somebody who believes burning water, a burning excavator on a water body itself and leaving it there is so much concerned about the environment. Nobody can even convince me of that. So there's a way to look at these things. And we must task government to always find proper solutions to complex social problems, rather than let the blood flow, burn excavators, stop Nanagra, the TV station. Those are never the solutions to dealing with complex social issues. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I'll, re- I'll return to you, Koku, just a minute. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. come back to you on how we should deal with this. But I guess the, 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 the point Isaac is trying to make is that mm. this issue and the issue of ban or do not ban is just representative of how we deal with issues in this country. 
And and the the point is making about I mean you disagree with the example that he the cited. The example he gave is but, wrong. I agree with him that but in substance, we, we you, try you agree. to look for shortcuts exactly to problems. Sometimes some of the shortcuts we take are even illegal. That I agree with him. But to say that fighting to preserve a water body is not as important as those kind of it is wrong. Okay, because if you are not alive, how are you going to protect the constitution you are talking about? And water is life. Mm. So he can give any other example. I agree with him that we shouldn't be taking shortcuts, some of which even breaches the very law we have agreed to govern ourselves with. That I agree with him. But the example he cited really does not fit into that narrative. So that's why I disagree with the example. But I agree with him that we shouldn't be using shortcuts to solve, solve problems. Because when we do that, if we break the law, uh, we cannot use an illegality to resolve an illegality. Yeah. I don't see how we can use illegality to resolve an illegality. Yeah. So I will not back any illegality. But as I said, me, my focus is more on the issues of the benefit the state can put the, uh, the, the excavators to, rather than thinking about even law. Because sometimes if you follow the law, you may not even get the kind of benefit you get if you apply what I am talking about. Mm. Okay, we, we call NADMO to come and fix a, a problem in terms of disaster. Sometimes they come and they have no equipment. Sometimes when they go, they need even excavator to dig some place and they don't have it. Do you, do you know, we are not being told how much is being invested in, in terms of the, the fight against Galamsey. Mm-hmm. Are we saying that if this excavator have even been auctioned, the money couldn't have been used to pay part of the expenses we are making on the military to fight the Galamsey? Mm-hmm. So I am convinced that we can put the excavators to better use than just burning them. That one, there is no two ways about that. Mm-hmm. But see, in terms of the short solutions to our problems in this country, I, it, it's a very good conversation, but I think that this is not the time. I think we need to have a whole conversation mm-hmm. on why our progress is even slow. Because, see, I was having a conversation with somebody the last time, and I mentioned SADA. And I said, if you look at the, the objectives of SADA, you cannot convince me that those are not good objectives. Mm-hmm. But if, because we had implementation challenges, the entire SADA project ended Instead of us looking at it, it is human beings we gave it to implement. If they failed or did the wrong thing, let's get rid of those who did the wrong thing and get that good idea going. But there are laws to deal with that. But there are laws to deal with that. And so if you say that, uh, perhaps we shouldn't necessarily look at the law, but how appropriately we can uh, use the excavators, that in itself... There are two angles to the debate. The legal angle... And the social benefit angle. I am more focused on the benefit to society, socially and financially, rather than the legal angle. Because Obviously, I'll, I'll come back to you on what we should do. On what we should do going forward, if government will perhaps listen to this conversation that we are having and what citizens are saying. But Gills is with us also on Zoom. Gills, what's your take on this on this debate? Okay, good evening to uh, everyone. Um, so I think I would uh, side with pieces of. Uh, everything that has been said by my co-panelists, if I can call them that way. Um, there is a need for us to first of all understand that, yes, indeed, Galante is a problem. It's not a problem just for those people who live close to those areas, uh, but, but even for us who live, you know, uh, in the so-called urban areas that are far from the site and everything, if water is affected uh, in in, in uh, uh, in, in the border region or in the eastern region or in the western region, it will get to a point where you are in Accra so we start drinking such polluted water. So we need to understand, and I think there's an agreement from all quarters that Galam State is a problem. But now, how do we deal with it? Uh, personally, I think I will stand from the point that there was no need burning the excavators. 
not because, I mean, we didn't want to punish the people, but there are ways of punishment. And another way of punishing these people would have been to retrieve these assets because they are assets, right? There are so many rural areas in this country where you just put one single of these excavators and the lives of the people will change because they will get better roads. They are not even asking for the road to be tall, just, you know, just to clear the roads, right? So these assets were banned. We turned assets into liabilities. They are liabilities to the state. They are liabilities to the environment. Because as it stands now, because they are banned, we have no use to them. And they have polluted the environment in the process. The same environment we are supposed to be protecting or fighting to protect. So my stand uh, would go uh, you know, in line with that of my uh, pre pre predecessors in the conversation. There was actually no need burning these this excavators. We could have taken them, given them maybe to feeder roads or you know, uh, to uh, the Ministry of Agri. Or, you know, there are so many institutions in this country that need those excavators. Right? And we just bent them, we sent people to bend them, we paid those people, we, we lost the excavators, we polluted the environment, and we are still having solved. Let, let me ask you a straightforward question. If at the end of the day we have our water bodies cleared, we have um, you know our lands restored, would it not justify the burning of the excavators? Let me return the question in this way. Would the burning of the excavators alone fix the problem? No. For, no, from my point of view, it will not. And we would not agree that we would have made more keeping these excavators and making them government property or asset to the state than just burning them. We are all here, you know, you know, and when I say we, I mean all humans now talking about climate change, fight for the environment. But when you best those excavators, it, it actually contributed to climate uh, uh, climate change or the impact on the environment. Mm. You bent. And you bent in in in, in I think in, in, in a forest area. Right? So I mean the, the, the whole understanding is becoming very Rustic, and I'm not really getting it. This is not the Ghana we should be living in in 2021. Well, a lot of you have been joining the conversation on uh, social media, and uh, Kweku is here to tell us what you've been saying. What are people saying on social media? Right, so and there's a lot of comments. Um, divided house. This one from Benin Yakubu on Facebook says, Yes, I fully support the action because it will help reduce corruption and the experience we had from the beginning of this fight somewhere in 2017. Isifu Adama says, No, they are hiding behind Ben of excavators for their failure. They have lost control of the fight. Mona David says, A brand new excavator is about 14 billion old Ghana cities. It can build a full school block for our children. So if you burn for Nine of them multiply the cost. Burning is not the best. Gau Saku Ganga says, I support it. The president can only trust the lawyer ministers on this. He doesn't make anyone below that and 
this makes sense to me. Let me take some comment from Twitter also. This one says, I support the burning of the excavators. One, because they will go missing when they are seized. And two, because moving them from places will be difficult, if not impossible. Let, let me take this one here. It says, uh, this from Karim. It says, our government is an interesting one. It says, it cannot trust itself uh, to not be in recidivist in the fight against illegal mining. It seems overwhelmed, but it's um, kleptocratic in nature to the extent that it engages in a show of public destruction. It goes like, here, here's, uh, here, see, I'm destroying it I'm destroying it in your presence because you leave me alone with it. I cannot trust myself to do what is right. Okay, I, I, I get the point you're making, Karim. Yeah. And now is you agree with him? Yeah. No, no, yeah, of course. A good idea, badly implemented, does not make the idea a bad one. That is the picture we have been painted now that because the first one had a problem because those in charge betray the trust of the president, it means that the second fight too, we fear that the and the new people who also behave like the first one and therefore let's burn it. Mm. A good idea can never become a bad idea because those implementing it took wrong decision or did not do the right thing. Let, let's wrap up on this quickly. Let me yeah. start with you, Koku. What, what should we be doing? Yeah, my, my, if you ask me, there must be a conversation. I'm taking it from where Isaac left off. You see, in as much as we're having this conversation, it is government's responsibility to be taking the point and be synthesizing the most important, um, I mean, actions to be taken. And so we have it, varied reasons, but government must synthesize. But you see, in as much as we are having this conversation again, let's remember that destruction of those excavators, we are likely to face judgment debt. As we speak, there is a judgment debt of $15 million that government of Ghana have to bear. And there are orders that we are Because hearing. of the burning of excavators? I'm telling you, just within these four years, there is a $15 million judgment in dollars, close to $18 million Ghana cities that we have to pay. And we have heard Kijamfo and Co saying that they also end extra good, that they are mm-hmm. going to court. The likelihood that we incur more judgment debts are there. So why don't you take up or seize those equipment, give them out for the, the use of uh, 48 engineering regiments, the Metropolitan Municipal District Assemblies, so that in an event that judgment comes, you can even just find your way out and give back those excavators to owners. Otherwise, it will be job, double jeopardy. Jibril, just one minute. Yeah, so I think that uh, my last take on this is that there is international, I mean, blueprint for government to follow. I mean, um, in matters like this in Brazil, I mean, the issue of burning excavators, you know, bulldozing people, sending military and all that has been done in Amazon forest for several years. Uh, they couldn't find solution. At some point, the tribesmen in the forest were, were flown to the capital to have conversation and, and all that. There's no solution. In Peru, the same. And in fact, in the whole of Latin America, the same. The point is, Canada does a lot of, there's a lot of minerals in Canada, in the USA, in Australia, and there's mining going on in these countries, but we, they are not having this kind of problems. What is the common commonalities between Ghana and the countries in, the, in Latin America? There's no, no adherence to laws. There's low appetite for enforcement of laws. There's high corruption, unemployment, poor, you know, weak economies. That's the, the that's what's common with Ghana and these countries that are trying the same thing that they have tried several years and not succeeded. Um, but if compared to the USA and all that, of course, there's crime everywhere, but laws are enforced. So, if we want a, a lasting solution to this, we should 
be enforcing laws. We okay. have very good laws on our books. We should keep enforcing them. Do critical thinking, triangular thinking, so that we can have solve this problem once and for all instead of the knee-jerk reaction that will give a political capital for a few years and then... When you burn these excavators, I can tell you, in four years, five years from now, we'll be having this discussion. Uh, Master, let me hear you in 30 seconds. Very well. So, mine is an admonition, especially to uh, the key leaders of this fight. We appreciate the efforts and the renewed energy. But no matter how hungry you are, you don't eat with both hands. So, please, let's hasten cautiously, follow due process, and the law, as the senior lawyers had said, because the young man may know the rules, but the old always know the exception. Thank you very much, so Isaac. Please, let's put this together and win this fight. I think. I think. Way. Yes, Isaac. Let's hear you. Ten seconds. I'm going to end by admonishing those who believe this is a solution that Galamse is such a high-profit business where some people make as much as hundred thousand dollars a day. That burning an excavator is not stopping the person. It's just a minor setback. And these people will be out there with bigger money to buy more excavators. So think longer term in solving the problem. Thank you. Elvis, 30 seconds. If we don't know much about mining, Dr. Yao Graham has been an advocate in the sector for decades. I think government is doing the right by fighting Galam say, mm-hmm. but they need to listen to voices like Dr. Yao Graham and those who have been in this fight for decades. Mm-hmm. It will be helpful for government. Elvis, thank you. Koku, thank you very much. And all of you connected uh, via phone, uh, on our WhatsApp platforms and on social media. My name is Ernest Menu. Uh, Locker Room with George Adogenia is up next. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. 
live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Abdul Jr. The 2020 European Domestic League season climaxes this weekend with so much on the cards here, there and everywhere. With the pass. Vinicius with the shot! And in it goes! And Real Madrid restore their two-goal cushion. Vinicius Jr. with the instinctive shot on the turn beats Allison down to his left. Oh, what a goal! Another moment of magic from Lionel Messi. Great acceleration on the right-hand side. Into the feet of Deborah and towards Kiev. Whose header is in, and he scores his third goal across the tie, and has brought Juve back level on aggregate. Probably about 30 meters out. It's Kingsley Coman, Alaba, Coman, Thomas Muller, Alaba, and in goes Chupol Morting, and Bayern have the breakthrough goal, and now it's on. Bayern are in borrowed time, and the champions fall. La Liga title must decide which side of Madrid it will head to. Paris Saint-Germain and Lille are two possible names to go into the record books as 2021 French champions. In Italy, Juventus and AC Milan seek the Europa League escape route. In England, we need to solve the equation of how these three will become two. And Phillips is headed in. Liverpool have some room for manoeuvre now. Nat Phillips' first Liverpool goal. They're close to getting another important job done. Oxlade-Chamberlain forced Taylor off balance and then to the floor. Oh, that was magnificent. What a way to make an impact when you only have a few minutes on the field. And here's James. Just cut out by Isaac Perez's contact. Telemans from wrong distance. Oh, one of the great Wembley goals. Yuri Telemans fires the Foxes in front in the 2021 FA Cup final. Here's Hudson-Odoi. Now Timo Werner. Alonso coming in from the left. There is Alonso and Hudson-Odoi. One of those put it in. Chelsea have won the game. And it's Marcus Alonso who runs away there won't be a Premier League title won in Manchester today. Manchester City won, Chelsea 2. And Pep Guardiola can't believe what's happened to his team in the second half. Two of Liverpool, Leicester City and Chelsea will join the Manchester clubs in EPL's top four. We have a complete preview of games across Europe. Also coming up. And it's a penalty. Go on the way of Kumasi Asante to go. An opportunity. Kwan Poku with a chance to draw first block. With a chance to score a goal. lining up for this. Will this be the telling blow for Kumasi Asante on the call? Razak Abalora dancing on his line. While the sunshine slightly going into the shade under the clouds. Could this be the time for the rainbow to appear? Isaac Mensa hits the ball right. Saved by Razak Abalora. And this is truly the game of games. Ghana Premier League title race is reaching fever pitch as Giants, Accra Hartsvoke and Asante Kotoko tussle for the top sport. We preview all games and review this afternoon's game between Accra Hartsvoke and Techivan 11 Wonders. We'll be on the continent to monitor the second legs of the CAF Champions League quarterfinals. And if you'd love to send us a message, we'll love to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 99.7 on Facebook, 0551-111-997 on WhatsApp, or tweet us at joysportsgh. We'll be in the United States to preview the upcoming NBA playoffs and play-ins. And in France for updates ahead of the Monaco Grand Prix. Time to talk about what the world is talking about and the world of sport. Hello from me, George Addy Jr. And welcome.
And it's very, very good to have you on board. What a fantastic evening to look forward to. And what a really great weekend to really get into Live and Joy 99.7 FM. It's always great that you do send us your messages on our WhatsApp line 0551-111-997. So much to discuss tonight and we love to go through it. We'll also be keeping an eye on the games that are currently ongoing left, right, centre. But I think a good place to begin this evening is via... NBA. So much happening there right now, though. Teams would love to get the win tonight and give it a little extra time to heal and prepare for their opponent as Andrew Wiggins gets inside and gets the bucket. From him tonight to be able to score enough to win. Schroeder, nice play in Drummond. And Batesmar for three. That's good. Nice feed inside. Looney, shot blocked. Andre Drummond with the rejection. Looney was ready to throw it down. And Golden State, the fifth-rated defense in the NBA this year. Oh, and Wiggins with the block of James has to fire it up. Wiggins guarded by James down the other end. Knocks down the three. I think the whole thing has been pretty exciting. Curry on the drive. Caruso wide open. Nobody near him. Curry against Kuzma. There's a double team. Second turnover by Curry. Kuzma to Caruso, drives inside. Lefty layup is good as goes crashing. It's not a defensive foul. But it's not an offensive foul either. Knocked away. Ball picked up. Toscano Anderson. Two on one break. Goes right at LeBron James and finishes. James finds Montrez Harrell inside and throws it down. Shot clock at six. James looking to get a running start now. Pass to Caruso. On the drive. Inside Davis for the slam. Shot clock at seven. James, two defenders on him to Caldwell Pope inside. He's tied up by Green. Throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's good! The Lakers are in the playoffs. The Warriors need to play on Friday. What a thriller here at the Staples Center. Yeah, it's Friday, and definitely there's so much to come tonight. We'll be looking forward to it. For those of you who can watch at 11 p.m., 12 a.m., yes, we go. The 16-team field for the 2021 NBA playoffs is almost set. The Boston Celtics captured the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference with a win over Washington Wizards, you know, who took advantage of their second chance and secured number eight seed with a blowout win over the Indiana Pacers. And yes, Gunners, I mean, a Brian Mass right there. So sometimes your heart goes out there. Los Angeles Lakers picked up the number seven seed with a thrilling victory over the Golden State Warriors. And with one playoff spot up for grabs, it's all about the playings tonight. Joining me to do some analysis is Kofi Owusu. You'll have to call him Kofi Toronto. So, Kofi Toronto, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very good, George. How are you also doing? Oh, I'm really, 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 really good. Right. So, can we start with the playing? Yes, of course, we have an idea of, uh, you know, the teams that are ready for the playoffs. Let's talk about tonight's action. The Memphis Grizzles will be hoping to uh, pick one serious spot ahead of the Golden State Warriors. What are you expecting? Um, It's going to be an extremely exciting game. Um, The Golden State Warriors played one of the best games this season against the Lakers for the for the the other playoff 